It's that time of year where tech companies big and small head to Austin, Texas for the annual South by Southwest Conference and Ideas Festival. It's also a time for policymakers to join them for more candid and casual conversations about tech industry issues and trending topics. I had the chance to sit down with European Ambassador to the U.S. David O'Sullivan during the festival. We talked about impending digital taxes the EU is planning, the bloc's new privacy regulations, digital trade, and initiatives for women in innovation. Ambassador Sullivan, pleasure to be here with you. And how many South by Southwest have you been to? This is now my second. We uh, had a first time EU presence in South by last year and this went very well and we decided to come back uh, this year and we're delighted to be back. This is a very exciting event and a great opportunity to showcase a lot of what's happening in, in the European Union on technology uh, and uh, innovation and also to discuss uh, close cooperation between the EU and the US across a, a range of issues. Yes, and one of the, those areas of cooperation that we've heard a lot about lately, it's definitely a hot topic at this conference, is the role of women and other gender, and genders in technology, so gender inclusion in, in the tech industry. And that is something that the EU has just launched a new initiative about, correct? This is correct. I mean, gender uh, equality in the workplace is, is a huge problem. We know this. In spite of equal pay legislation and, and many efforts which have been made to ensure uh, equal pay for equal work, we know that objectively the statistics show us that women are consistently paid less than men. This is very high profile in the movie industry at the moment, but we're talking about uh, even those kind of jobs that all of us do on an ordinary basis. Very often uh, there are less opportunities for women. And of course there is the issue of women entrepreneurs and, and uh, uh, women, in, women in, in, in the innovation industry. So we have launched in context of the, the G7 a new initiative to promote the notion of more gender equality and more opportunities particularly for women and uh, entrepreneurs and this of course is directly relevant to the, the, the uh, innovation industry. And another hot topic at South by Southwest this year is, of course, artificial intelligence. And Europe has a new set of privacy regulations coming out this May, the GDPR. Um, a lot of people are very focused on it, trying to get into compliance with it. But there's also concern that fundamentally some of, of the new regulations might stifle or curtail the development of artificial intelligence. And what I mean by that is by requiring there to be a transparency in algorithms produced, requiring more protections on the data that feeds artificial intelligence. What would be your counter-argument to that? Well, I mean, I know that there's a, there's a lot of talk about the, the, the GDPR. Uh, frankly, I, I think much of this is exaggerating the impact. This is mainly a consolidation of existing privacy rules. It modernizes it. Frankly, it brings one big advantage. It creates a one-stop shop. Uh, whereas previously we had sort of 28 sets of, of regulations, we now have one European regulation uh, which covers uh, uh, the, the, the single market. We have a commitment that companies interfacing on this issue can choose uh, the data protection office in the country that, of their choice, which best meets their business model, and that will be the only data protection office with whom they have to interface in order to ensure compliance. I understand that having to meet with a new regulation, uh, there are some transitional problems, people getting used to the new, the new, the new regulation, but I don't think this is going to have a dampening effect on, on business. Uh, it, it, it 
does not make it more complicated uh, to do many of the things that people are already doing, but it does uh, deal with the issue, which is very important for Europeans, that, we, that when data is being used, uh, people have uh, rights over their own data, they have to give their consent, and that that data will be appropriately protected. But after that, once people have signed up and said they're content for their data to be used, companies can, can, can use it in, in the best way that they see fit. So I really don't think this will have a, a dampening effect on economic activity. In fact, quite the opposite. I think it will provide a level playing field and a degree of clarity for companies about how they have to comply with these privacy obligations. And another issue that we also don't have clarity quite yet because it's not finalized um, is a new digital tax that the EU is uh, looking at to levy on uh, some larger digital companies like the Facebooks and Googles of the world. Um, and this tax would actually focus more on where the users are at versus where their headquarters are at, among other things uh, that we that we might be seeing in the, in the next few weeks. Um, what would, there's there's a lot of concern about this. This could be a big tax bill. Um, what might this mean for the overall tech environment? Uh, what do you see here as, once again, the counter argument or the silver lining and how this could actually, how this tax might actually be used to generate more growth? Well, we, uh, the Commission is going to come forward with, with some suggestions. I mean, let's go back to first principles and just look at the, what, what is the logic here? The logic is that in some case that we, we an important component of the European tax base of, of, of all of our countries and, and we have we pay higher taxes than you do in the United States because we also provide more public services and these have to be funded. And an important part of that tax base is value added is the turnover uh, in, a, in a geographic location. It very often happens that when that activity moves from sort of bricks and mortar uh, uh, shops and, 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 and travel agents or uh, you know taxi companies to something happening in the cloud uh, and, and online, uh, that tax no longer applies. I mean, there's a tax on the profits of the company, but there is not tax. So the tax base uh, of, the, of the nation state is potentially undermined. That's the issue, how to avoid that the, this, this new activity uh, hollows out the tax base, uh, which is so important. Now, getting the balance right is going to be very complicated. Uh, this is not a simple issue. Uh, the Commission will come forward with some initial proposals and ideas as to how this might be done. Uh, and I think everyone admits that there is an issue, uh, just as there is an issue about uh, aggressive tax planning of, of big multinational companies, some of whom are, are tech companies. Again, uh, planning their tax in a way to minimize it, which may be perfectly uh, legitimate, but it can have a, 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 a detrimental effect on the fiscal position of, of individual nations. And I think in trying to address these issues, the objective is not to dampen uh, uh, online activity, but rather, once again, to eliminate some of the difficulties which it produces so that that activity can actually flourish and thrive in, in, in a way that everyone is comfortable with. And another issue that is important to the tech sector is, of course, digital trade. And here in the U.S., we've been so focused on uh, modernizing NAFTA and what that means between these three countries on this side of the Atlantic. Um, but what about some of those shared um, goals and shared values in digital trade between the U.S. and the EU? Now, we did have TISA, the Trade and Services Agreement, that kind of petered out uh, last year. Do you see a vehicle moving forward in the near future or in the next year or two um, that might be able to bring together the EU and the U.S. on some of those digital trade values uh, in, the in the future? Well, um, 
there is a lot of digital trade between the, the EU and the US. I mean, in fact, I've got here a, a glossy brochure that we can we can give you, but I mean, which shows that uh, um, you know 50% of digitally enabled services imported by the US from the EU are used to produce US products for export. 50% uh, uh, of European companies focus on uh, North America as their primary e-commerce market. So. There is a lot of trade, uh, and this is something we probably would have addressed uh, to the extent it needs some uh, regulation or some, some legal text uh, in the negotiations on the Transatlantic Trade and Investment uh, Partnership, which is uh, stalled for the moment uh, with the change of administration. Uh, so I, I think uh, we need to look at how we could further improve uh, the, the situation with regard to this trade, but we have in place, for example, a very important uh, agreement in the Privacy Shield, which replaced the, the uh, Safe Harbor, uh, and uh, I think we are very committed to uh, encouraging uh, the, the, the free flow of data across the Atlantic, because data is critical uh, now for the success of, of many industries, and we just need to do that in a way that is compatible with our, our privacy commitments, but I think that's perfectly feasible. I, I don't... I don't think that there is an immediate prospect of reviving the trade and services negotiations in Geneva. I hope we can get back to the table on that sometime soon. It would potentially bring many benefits, but for the moment that doesn't look like likely to happen. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. That's all for this episode, but for more of our coverage, check out a free trial of Bloomberg BNA's legal and regulatory news and content at www.bna.com. This episode of Code and Conduit was produced by me, Michaela Ross. Our theme music is Scenes from the Zoo by Jazar.